Hello everyone and welcome to episode 60 of Cross Atlantic Gaming. I'm your host, Risky the Kid, and joining me this week is my co-host, Chocolate Bear. Hello everyone. And our guest host for the week, you guys should be getting familiar with these two by now, but they are Chaotic. Hey guys. And Super Catrix. Hey guys. Hey Kate, welcome back so soon, huh? I know, you just can't get rid of me now. <laughs> And now there's two Scottish people here. Chocolate, good thing you're here this week. This will make uh, interpreting all of this much easier for me. I appreciate that. That's right. I'll I'll type out. I'll type it all out for you. Don't worry. Appreciate you. Um, I don't. We don't really have a ton to go over before we get started. I don't think. Chocolate, you got anything off off the top of your head? We don't have anything uh, going on, do we? No. Nothing special. I forgot to put. We got the community play this Wednesday. So on the twelfth. Is it the twelfth? No. What is the date? Nope. I mean, it's no. the fifteenth right now, so it's probably not so, the twelfth. Yeah. No, it's probably got way past Seventeenth. I was not even close. So the seventeenth <laughs> at uh, valiant at, effort. Well, I tried. I tried at half past eight um, British people time, and that is oh god, what is it? Three 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 thirty Eastern. Thank you. Um, yeah, gotcha. we're gonna do some cod. So. I'll have a party open. Anyone that wants to play, more than welcome to join in. Uh, this is Kate's pick, so uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get some multiplayer games in. If not, we'll uh, we might run a team and see how we do in in blackout. Gunning like for your uh, gunning for your title, risky. Yeah, good luck. I wish I wish you the best. Yeah, I'm gonna need it. Trust me. Um, yeah, so if you're listening to this uh, when it comes out, that's tomorrow. And if you waited much longer than that, you probably missed out on a whole bunch of fun. It's, I'll probably hop in as soon as I get home from work. So I'll be like a half hour, 45 minutes late. But I should be there. Ooh. So that'll be fun. Um, all right. Hey, uh, another week in gaming. What have we all been playing? Um, let's just get the division talk out of the way. I know you, well, at least two of you are still on that division grind. Um Kate, chocolate. What's uh, what's going on? Whoever. It, um, last week it was the best day ever. It really okay. was. Um, <laughs> yeah, Explain. For, well, chocolate didn't realize that he could use a grenade. Um. Excuse me. Did you just say chocolate didn't realize he could use a core mechanic in the game like grenades? Yeah, he forgot right. to switch them on. <laughs> what? what? So, and now your defense, chocolate. So. Now, this is going to be good. the story is it's going to be very good. So we, um, I think for about a week to ten days, I've been moaning like hell that I could not use my grenades. So we uh, we jump in a game. Uh, there was myself, Kate. Uh, there was Chester and Scotman came in to help us to grind to world tier three, four, four. I think it was four. Yeah. So, um, I'm there, I'm moaning, I'm saying, I can't throw my grenades, it's all part of my game, I always throw grenades, and then I move, and then I dodge, and I duck. Um, So, Scotman quite nicely says, well, are they equipped, or have you pressed some button? And I think after we finished, I went into the menu, and I noticed just on the right-hand side that I didn't have my grenades equipped. You are just the worst... Well, firstly, when did they change that? <laughs> Grenades have always been equipped constantly. I mean, so, you had to have unequipped them. They didn't, by default, <laughs> just unequip themselves from everybody's loadout. 
there's been two patches. I'm blaming the patches. Yeah. Hashtag user error. Yeah. Workman blames his tools. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, I don't like the division at the moment, so um, I'm off that for a little bit. <laughs> right, wait a minute. Watch to this. How long did it take you to notice you weren't throwing grenades? Oh, for a while. I was... Yeah, he okay. noticed it straight away. He really um, did notice it straight away. He's like, oh, grenades are my favourite. I can't throw any grenades. And then... All and of a at sudden that point, was... you didn't think of trying to explore Joggle. <laughs> thrown out I did. I came out of the game. I reset the game, reset my Xbox. Oh, my God. Should have looked <laughs> on my <laughs> loadout. He was going to install it. He's glad he did yep, not install I was... it. I was going through kind of all the technical issues that you would think. And I use technical in air quotes, technical. Um Instead, I should have just looked at my inventory and looked at the bottom right-hand side and pressed the button. So I am a fool. Yeah. To put it lightly, yeah, we'll go with that. Definitely That's a fool. Yeah. Understatement of the year. <laughs> but yeah, we all had a good chuckle at my expense. What's new? But true, true. <laughs> Made everybody's backs a little bit sore that day. I appreciate just, that. Just a wee yeah. bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my constant, throw your grenades now, throw them now. Because I can't. Somebody help me. Yep. There's a boss um, so, quick. So what uh, what world tier are we at, you two? We're at four. Okay, cool. So we're getting there now. Remember that first weekend that I played The Division 2 for like 70 hours? I've been at world tier five since like the second game, or second week <laughs> that game came out. <laughs> I've just been sitting there. <laughs> just just waiting. Waiting for chocolate. Just waiting <laughs> wait for all my friends. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. Trust uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe having some people up there will bring me back in because I I literally don't think I've touched that game in months at this point. It feels like so. Uh, it was good though. Well, good for you guys. Chocolate. Just uh. Yeah. Well. Do better. I, there's <laughs> not much more advice I can leave you. Just get good. Just get, get yeah, good. Get good. Read the inventory. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Equip um, valuable weapons, you know. Yeah, as soon as the game starts. Yep. Um, (sighs) As far as what I've been playing this week, I played a little bit of Modern Warfare Remastered, the recent uh, multiplayer preview that they kind of showed for the new modes coming to this upcoming Modern Warfare game. Kind of got me in the mood to play some Modern Warfare, so I played that the other night with Dan, and uh, that game's like riding a bike, as far as I'm concerned. We were we were mopping the mopping the place up. It was it was a lot of fun, but um, my favorite part about that game is just how simple that was. Like, did you guys were you playing multiplayer games at that point when the original Modern Warfare had come out, or did you play any of it at all? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Like back in the day, there was you didn't get to like. There was not that many customizations. There was like a couple slots for each weapon. You had a UAV, a I think it's a strike, like a missile strike or an airstrike, whatever it's called, and then a helicopter. And like those were your kill streaks. And it was three, five, and seven. And it's just everything about it was so simple. Like nothing was convoluted. Um, so it was a lot of fun just getting back to that just classic Call of Duty multiplayer without like any of the new fancy stuff we played for a good few hours i think um that was probably enough by the end of it because a lot of the kids that are still in there though 
you either run into people who are playing it for what seems like their very first time or people that have not stopped playing modern warfare <laughs> since it like literally oh. came out so it was it was a good mixed bag of competition we had but um another thing is some of those maps like for not having played that in forever there's a ton of those maps in that game that are they feel so iconic like ever i knew where every nook and cranny was of the like 10 different maps we got that night just i don't know they're so good and memorable and i feel like a lot of the call of duty games nowadays i i couldn't tell you like what game they were from or i wasn't a huge fan of a lot of them now but um yeah i don't know it was, it was good to be back back in there um but shipping that, container was my favorite shipment yeah. where it's like the tiniest map in the world yeah the smallest that, box ever and you just spam grenades for your first dude, as soon as you what, load in yeah as soon as we loaded in there i was like oh this is the map where we just throw grenades as soon as we spawn in because you can literally throw them all the way across this tiny map the amount of kills from just lobbing grenades up at the start it's fantastic what a what, what was a good it introduced map. rust what was rust then uh, I think that was that might have been Modern Warfare Two. Was that two? That one's I because th- I think they remastered that one a couple times at this point. Rust was really good. I like Rust. Yeah, there's, uh, they got some good maps. But uh, yeah, so I played a little bit of Modern Warfare. I'm really pumped for uh, this game to be coming out in October. So had to play a little bit of it. Um, moving on, uh, chaotic. Borderlands 2. Okay, you're you're getting ready for a upcoming game as well. Um, what's going on in Borderlands 2 for you? Um, jumping back in just to just it's the only game I've really got just now that's catching any sort of interest. Uh, going to be doing a wee bit of uh, work for the Cross Atlantic YouTube channel, so taking inspiration from some of the streamers that I watch, um, top tens, uh, raid boss sort of ideas showing different classes to build your character up and going to do some sort of playthroughs with certain criteria and I've seen a few of them that are really quite interesting so just tidying me over until the third one comes out yeah man what uh that's that's September right it's September 13th okay so yeah that'll be your no time <laughs> uh I mean you, got, you I gotta mean, be excited yeah, I've got a few things obviously coming out beforehand, so that's just obviously try to get them out of the way before Borderlands comes out. I think there's uh, that, is it Man of Medine coming out at the end of July? Uh, the one from the Until Dawn. Super massive, yeah. Yeah, that, and then obviously Gears coming out at the start of September, so. That, uh, I think Man of Medine is. That's August, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's. August 30th. Yeah, end of August, running uh, a right. September, yeah. Right. Well, luckily, that seems like it's going to be a small enough game that that shouldn't really get in your way at all. No. So I'm looking. A couple of things get in the way, but Borderlands will be my priority until the third one comes out, I think. And then when the third one comes out, we'll just never hear no. or see from you again? No, if, if, you, gone if, forever. You've, if you've got me on the show any times, that'll be the only thing that I can contribute. Pretty much like Chocolate with Apex, so... Yeah, right. And speaking of APAC, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll make sure to have you on the uh, that first episode after the game comes out. Unfortunately, you won't. Oh, no. Are you in uh, my homeland? I'm coming, to your, neck. I'm coming to your neck of the woods, Rescue, so... 
Yeah, that's I'll, better than staying at home playing Borderlands 3, I think. So. Is, well, well yeah. we'll see. Um, <laughs> Bring it I'll, with you. I'll, I'll, well, don't say that because the missus might hear this and that would not go down well. So. <laughs> it was a joke, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, definitely when I'm, I'm back from NY, I'd definitely have a massive talk about that. Okay, cool. We will uh, pencil you in. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, speaking of Apex chocolate, I put a bunch of sleeping little Z's next to that in uh, our show notes. But uh, what's going on in yeah, I Apex? Uh, I just wanted to talk about the season pass. That was it. It was... It, it's, not how you're a legend? No, I mean, I did pick up two wins in two days, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> I don't want to gloat. Uh, one was with Shoper and one was uh, with a couple of randoms. But How does that know. last game go for you, chocolate? What, oh one? yeah, you died at the last part. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. that doesn't matter. They dragged me through. I was the one who coaxed out the other team. You're only as good as your last game, chocolate. That's well. In that case, then again. I, I came twentieth. But anyway, right. So the, <laughs> nailed it. The, this the season pass. It, so they've changed. Uh, I mentioned last week how they changed it and the skins and so on and so forth. But the XP is the one that's really frustrated me. So no matter how many kills you get or how many wins you get, etc., etc., you're you don't go up in the season pass. The only way you can go up levels in your season pass is doing the challenges, which really, really winds me up because you have to then change the way you pl- actually play the game. Is that is that how Fortnite has always done it? You were so, only you only got XP for doing like the weekly missions and stuff, I think, right? I, d- I was never into Fortnite too much to kind of notice those those problems. I was more worried about people building things over me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Building um, skyscrapers around you and then murdering yeah, you. While I'm there with my little pea gun going, pop, pop, pop. No, this isn't working. Um, <laughs> Where are all the good guns? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether it's it's exactly the same as Fortnite. I thought with Fortnite you got maybe an XP boost or, you know, there were some other unlockables. But from what I've played with Apex so far, it just seems that everything is locked. The only thing you're, as you win or as you make it, you know, that you don't come 20th is your XP level not, not tied with the season pass. So you're, you're unlocking your air quote loot crate. Um, Was season one different? Did Like, did they change yeah. that for season two? Yeah, so season two, uh, season one, it was all about getting the wins, trying to get into the top five. Um, you got a higher XP boost if you're in the top three, etc., etc. It seems like they've completely changed the way they've done it in this season now, which is it's a little bit frustrating, a little bit disappointing as well. Um, yeah, so that's all I wanted to really say about the season pass. I'm. I mean, I'm crossed between kind of two minds of do I stop playing Apex or do I just keep rolling with it and have fun? Can so, I give you my opinion? Not really, no, because I know what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll oh, stop yeah. playing it. Okay. I, it's not what I was going to... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well, we can move on. Um, I... <laughs> Another game. I don't know why I've been hopping into some weird games. It's probably because I finally got my power back on in my office. Because I, it was a whole big thing. I lost all the power to my office. So I've been off games since f- forever, unless it was on the Switch. And then when I turned it back on, I was just 
playing I don't super random stuff. Like I haven't played any Sea of Thieves since I got it back on, so I don't know what's happening to me. You fallen off Sea of Thieves? Uh, no, not falling off. I'm so close to Pirate Legend that I can't I can't fall off it now. I gotta at least get there, and then now we'll see where where the seas take me. Um, no, but I hopped into Rainbow Six Siege, which I haven't played in a long, long time. So I hopped into that with uh, Dan and Jesse, Prince Katz, uh, from the community. And when we loaded it up, there's this weird mode going on right now that's called Showdown. And it's like Old West themed. It's like one old western town and then three people are like deputies and then three people are criminals and you're trying to like uh protect this gold or take back this gold if you're the deputies and then if you're the the outlaws you're trying to stop them from taking it back or whatever uh but in this mode the only th- weapons you have is a double barrel shotgun and a six shooter and it's three cool. it's three v three so that's kind of different be- like from their normal five to five or five v five uh, standard games but uh it was a lot of fun then we also played a bunch of the just regular siege uh what a t- toxic place that can be at times <laughs> so we loaded into what they have what's called a newcomer server which is level 50 and under um just for people like me and dan and jesse who hadn't played in forever and our levels weren't that high or anything uh but what you run into is these people who you can tell this is like a secondary account and they come in here just to wreck house. It's the most obnoxious thing in the world. And when you pair that with the amount of team killing that happens in this game, I don't, I've never seen a game so plagued with team killing uh, to the point of them needing to put in systems. They have a system where if you get shot, you can report whether it was on purpose or not. And then it turns on reverse team killing so that if that player on your team shoots at one of your teammates he takes that amount of damage so it it kind of mitigates it but it was just crazy how much that was actually happening in this game that's crazy how people have to play games or want to play games just to just a troll off yeah right (laughs) five other players it's ridiculous so unnecessary that game though if you if you're in that game with five people i mean at least three just a good amount and you're on comms with people and everybody's playing characters that complement each other well that's like the most technical and tactical best fps game i think is out right now by a landslide and i wish i'd put more time into it to learn uh more of the operators and whatnot a lot of times i was like all right dan i picked rook what what should i be doing like what's my job here because he i think he keeps up with it a little more than anyone else um does so um a lot of great characters in that and a lot of just it's just a good competitive game headshots are headshots somebody clips you coming around a corner in the face you're done like you you can have chest armor but they pop you pop your little grape of a head that's uh that's that yeah, and watching that on stream sometimes you can you can see how people are so kind of dialed in and all the little just the little things how they're peeking around the corner and it blows my mind when i watch rainbow six or Siege, I should say. It's, Siege um, to watch is fantastic. It's one uh, of the few esports that, like, to watch it is just outstanding. Just the amount of like how people like will blast through walls or like come down through ceilings and like you can repel everywhere. It's just 
for being on such small maps it's like it's such a sandbox with how you want to go about uh, getting to like each objective or whatever and uh, it's just that's a real good game and i think they're in their fourth year now i think that's they were in season four or not season four but i think it was just year four so that game has been out a while now and it still seems like we, we didn't have any problems getting into any games um we queued right up quick and fair place to ubisoft i mean they could have quite easily done the, the fifa madden model and it could have been Siege 2, Siege 3, but they've literally said that you'll buy Siege, this will be what you buy, and then for the next 10 years, we're just going to support this game. Yeah, dude. And it's... there'll just be new tiers every year, and whether or not you want to buy the season pass to unlock them, or use the renowned credits in-game to unlock new operators, that's up to you, but once you've bought the game, you essentially don't need to spend another penny on it. And that and that's like, that's what I've done. So I, yeah. I had a limited selection of operators. I think we all did, but still, it, it, being able to work towards them with the renown, like you said, is awesome. So if there's a character that's really good that you think you want, you can just focus on that 100% and put all your in-game currency towards unlocking that new character. But there's also, if you bought it like I did years ago and hadn't touched it, it's you hop right back in and you're not missing out on anything. It's mm. It's such a good model. I agree. I wanted. I think when I picked it up, I bought it with the the season one pass, so I got the Canadian operators and things like that. Um, but after that, it's just if you've got a certain operative in mind that you want to go after, yeah, you can get like renown boosts every so often. They gift you like renown boosts that you can use to get more uh, XP in game. But the fact that you it's not taking the route of sort of like most service games like FIFA and Madden where you have to fork out big money to get a decent team um, fair plays to Ubisoft for sticking to their guns and saying nope we've brought this game out and this is it if you want to spend money on it fair plays if not then have fun yeah 100% and it, they, it seems like they have no um, like they're not going to stop doing it anytime soon it seems like they're going to keep supporting it like they're, like you said I don't think there will be a Rainbow Six Siege 2 yeah. I think with the success they've had, especially like in esports as well, uh, there's no need to bring it. Same way games like Overwatch, there's no need to be an Overwatch 2. It just needs to be reskinned, new characters, new maps. As long as they keep doing that, they'll always get a, re- like a recurring player base because more people want to jump in once it starts getting even more mainstream. Right, yeah. and yeah, It's a great game. We should, uh, we should probably get some people together and try to get a whole squad of five at some point because i think that would be a ton of fun so especially yeah. when i kill you <laughs> yeah especially when you drop a grenade at your feet if you can figure out how to throw them that is oh, no, wait, who's who's the grenade dropper uh i think that was moose no no it was moose yeah it was moose yeah <laughs> in rainbow six yeah yeah <laughs> it's chocolate the bullet sponge yeah yeah chocolate you run just... out through that corridor if you get shot then uh we know it's staying. We know where they are, so we'll stay back <laughs> and just point and laugh. I'm a team player. That's yeah. all I'm telling you. I'm a team player. Good. I like it. All right. Um, what's next? Uh, Chaotic playing some Civ Six. Is this because you bought a new fancy PC? If you want to talk about that, go for it. Uh, well, actually, I was I jumped in it before. I had jumped in it before I got the new rig. The new rig was more graphics than processor just giving up the will to lift with the Elgato. Um, 
week, so stuff it. Let's see what is available there. So shout out to Ladonian for babysitting me through the process. Hey, he did the same thing for me. <laughs> so got that up and running. Um, nothing overly complicated or overly fancy. It's enough to run football manager, Civ Six games like that. Um, so yeah, jumped in Civ Six doing an online campaign with one of my best mates. Um, just forgot how great those games are and um, we played a lot of Civ 5 the earlier iterations but having not played Civ 6 since it launched it's, uh, it's so so good to jump back into that sort of game did you play any Civilization Revolution that was one of the only ones I really ever got into was that the one that the Civ that was a bit more animated a bit more cartoony wasn't it yeah it was yeah no I never I never jumped in I know the, that was the one that sort of ported over to the console and things like that but I couldn't I couldn't really get any of those ones so yeah that's probably because I definitely like Civilization Revolution, but I have I have not played another actual Civ game since then, so I have no idea if I'd actually like it or get into it. But I mean, the thing with Civ is you really you need to make sure you set out a massive block of time to actually enjoy it. Who's got time I'm, for that? I think we set. I think <laughs> I think the first night we played it on Manurig, I think we started at about half ten, finished about three. And <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. I, I don't even think we had reached the industrial era yet, so probably about eight, late 1800s we were in the game. So we were just developing, like, riflemen, and, or not riflemen, but, like, infantry and basic vehicles. How far, like I said, I'm real inexperienced with these games, but how far into, do they go into the future at all, or do you kind of stop yeah. in, like, the modern era? No, you can go into the atomic era. So basically, there's X amount of ways that you can finish the game. You can do it with like a, a points victory. You can do it with a religious victory, science, um, political, and then domination, which is your war. Um, the aim of the game, if you're trying to do it science-wise, is basically putting people on Mars. So if you had, if you get somebody on Mars, you win the game. Um, but if you go down the domination route, you get like nuclear warheads, death robots, um, <laughs> like what? UAV drones and things like that. So you get like I feel like I have get, no idea what this game is now. No, basically, like you you get to the modern day and it's quite good because if you go like the Americans, you can get Marines. You can go like the Russians and get Spetsnats and things like that. So you know everything up to there. And then it takes like the next step where you've seen it in like films, so like ray guns and like big predator drones and things right, like that. Okay. And then it takes it a step further with like death robots and <laughs> cyber technologies and things like that. Oh, uh, I had no idea. Nano warfare. So you can go way any like sci fi. And then, obviously, once you've achieved that, that's you pretty much guaranteed to win because you've got robots and nukes that you can just drop on everybody. So, going to say the game's normally over before you make it that far, anyway, don't you? It depends how you set it up because obviously, if you set it for a domination victory, you can drag it like you don't have to kill everybody, so you could leave X amount of people alive, so you can get this super fancy technology, and then destroy everybody after that but it all depends what you want to do it so I think the way that we've done it just now is we've turned off score victory which makes it an unlimited game so normally there's a turn counter of about 250 turns and after the 250 who's ever got the highest score they win so turning off score means the game will run as long as we dictate it runs okay so this game could last days weeks months just however long we decide to stretch it out 
Um, Chestar in the live chat wants to know if Gandhi is still lunatic in the game. Gandhi is still in the game, but he is not as insane as he was. He he tries to revert back to his peaceful ways instead of the crazy warmonger that he is in five. That's I can't, what. <laughs> I was going to say, I need a little bit of backstory to this because I have no idea what you're talking about. So in 5, yeah. was he just a just a warmonger, like you said? Some of, the, some of the characters that are in 5 don't translate particularly well to their real-life equivalents. Oh, that's kind of hilarious, though. So you've got, like, Gandhi, who's a warmonger. You've got, like, the Zulus, who just want to be friends. You've got the... The Germans who are best friends with the English. You've got Russians who love America. It's just... You look at it all and you think, hmm, that's interesting. Whereas that's this one, it's a wee bit more... Obviously, they can't be biased because you can't start a game say, with one Russian and one American and they automatically hate each other because that would totally throw off the scale of the game. But right. their natures tend to stick more to what they are. So, like, if you are... Say if you went to um, America and you went down the route of democracy and then China were in the game, they would go along more... They're sort of political beliefs and because you had a, dem- a, a democracy instead of what they had they would dislike you because of that right okay that's, so it, that's... it does try and play a wee bit truer to life but right but sometimes it misses the mark it just goes crazy <laughs> <laughs> by a little bit uh that's awesome um all right cool um all right, Dragon Quest Builders 2 came out this past week. That was on this past Friday. Um, so I launched that, and it let me pick up my progress from the demo. So that was kind of kind of wonderful because the first hour of that demo, you're on this skeleton ship learning like very, very basic stuff, like jumping, picking stuff up, hitting things with your hammer. And it was kind of like, I don't know. In my opinion, it wasn't the best demo. So, uh, being able to just pick up where I left off was great, and that point was where I was about to head off to a my first island, my first new island where I was going to be meeting new people, um, finding new materials and whatnot to bring back to my main island. At least that's it's kind of what I thought I was doing, or I mean, maybe it will be what I'm doing eventually, but this first part, I landed on this new land, I met some new people, um, and then in a very Dragon Quest Builders f- fashion, I have a thousand quests to do from these new people. Um, and a lot of that has to do with cultivating crops, uh, building stuff, building up their like little town back. And then as you're doing this, you're kind of building towards this base level and each level in the base, you're going to, get stronger relationships with the people in the town. You're going to get new building materials. You're going to get new blueprints. Um, it's a super different way to to have this kind of Minecraft-looking game. And that's one thing that I want everyone to get their heads around is that even though Dragon Quest Builders 2 looks... It just kind of looks like a Minecraft skin if you are looking from the outside. Uh but this game is super RPG at its core, and then it just has all the Minecraft stuff kind of just there in the world for you to do to accomplish these quests in different ways. Um, when you're rebuilding towns, you're obviously doing that a la a Minecraft type th- 
thing where you could build it up with a bunch of mud blocks, but people are going to be pissed. So you should probably go out of your way, chop down some trees, get some wood, uh, and build them a nice little house. But that's the thing. You have these minimum little quests where they kind of want you to build a small foundation uh, for, I mean, as of right now, it's just for this one town. But so it's like build this room for this person. But in my head, at least, and I'm assuming most people that get into this game, what you end up doing is like, here's this one room and it has your, your fire and your dining room and it has your beds and it's all in this cramped little spot. But wouldn't it be nice if I built you a second floor and maybe some additional rooms and this stuff's completely optional. But if you have any of that old Minecraft DNA, like built into you, it's just, I don't know. You, you, you're going to go out of your way to try to make these people happy, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I'm really enjoying myself. I think this, um, I don't know. The game seems good. I don't really know how much more there is to say about that because I talked about it and most of the stuff I think you learned in the demo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I know chocolate, you just decided to buy some different games that weren't this. So you're not even going to be able to help me talk about it later. I'm not. Just the way you've explained it. The minute you said Minecraft, I was out. Uh, I was a 100% out, but yeah, it's um, each to their own. But I, I can't. I don't think I'm the type of person to sit there and build or create. And yeah, that's fair. I guess if you, if you're like super against Minecraft, I guess it. Yeah, it's probably not for you. But like I said, the one thing I did want to get out there is that this game is totally an RPG first, and the Minecraft elements are just there to, to just be there along the journey for you. So it's not like minecraft creative mode where you're just like well if i'm not creative i'm probably not gonna have fun here because i don't want to just build stuff a lot of it's not like a lot of it's combat and a lot of it is doing quests and like farming and stuff which also i guess doesn't sound super exciting <laughs> if you're not into that kind of thing uh but i'm really enjoying myself and i'll have once i get through this first island i think i'll have a better idea of where the game is going i guess because i took a boat to this new farmland and now i'm just kind of chilling here helping all these people i'm assuming when i finally help them and solve all their problems they'll come back with me to my homeland that i'm trying to uh clean up and uh yeah it's a it's a good game people should check it out if they especially if you like minecraft if you like minecraft and you're always like man i wish there was a little bit more to minecraft uh dragon quest builders 2 is it's that thing you're looking for, I think. I'll try the demo. Yeah, at the very least, you could try the demo. And then tell me it's garbage. Just like I tell you Apex is garbage all the time. We'll each have those games. Yeah, okay. Perfect. How's Nine Parchments? Have you uh, played any more yet? Moving on. <laughs> um, Chaotic, last up, you're playing... I don't even know what this game is. 80 Days? Yeah, so it started off as a mobile game. Okay. Um, and now it's moved... Off. I don't know if it started as a mobile game. I first played it on a mobile game. Um, and then it released on Steam. Um, the basic things, the basic story of it is, as you probably guessed by the name, it's based on around the world in 80 days. So you're a, a manservant to Phileas Fogg and you've basically got to get from London right around the world and back again. Um, the good thing about this game is, is it's... Um, I'm trying the best way to describe it. It's like a expansive 
uh, narrative game, so depending on the choice that you make in London will dictate the choices for your narrative, say, in Paris. If you then choose to go from Paris to another place or depending on where you go, your narrative changes depending on your playthrough. So I think when I was reading up about it, there was 750,000 words in the narrative of the story and one playthrough will find you about 2% of the narrative. Good so that'll lord. Tell, exactly. So that'll tell you the, the sheer scale of the game. Um, it's not just a case of clicking different places and that's how you get around the world. When you arrive in Paris, you might buy, say, like a lighter. And then somebody who is in a VIP that will jump you a couple of spaces might need a, a lighter to get their cigarette lit. If you've got a lighter, he's more inclined to let you in a VIP, which means you'll get somewhere quicker. If you don't buy that lighter, he won't help you, so you won't get there as quick. So is this like a point-and-click adventure kind of game then? Kind of sounds like it? Um, kind of, yeah. So basically, like you'll get loads of dialogue options that you need to navigate through, and based on what you answer, people react in different manners to you. Um, you'll then, once you've finished the narrative for that part of the game, you'll then zoom out and it'll show you where you are in the globe. It'll then pop up with X amount of options to where you want to travel to next based on what you've said. That'll then jump into another set of narratives to give you more options to navigate around the globe. But there's things that you've got to consider, like you've got X amount of money at the start of the game. If you go bankrupt, your turn, your game's over, you'll take back to London and have to restart the game. You're you're in charge of Phileas Fogg, so if he doesn't eat or doesn't drink because you've not got food or not got water, he'll get ill. If he dies, you go back to the start of the game. Um, there's loads of just different things like that. It's not just as straightforward as picking your route. You have to also make sure that the money that you've got stretches the full journey, but at the same time, you have to spend enough of it to make sure that you've got enough sustenance to make sure you make it around the globe um, it's a really well thought out game um, it's I think when I was reading up on it it's got one of the best ratings for a mobile game um, is it just called having... 80 days on mobile as well yeah 80 days is just the name of it okay. so, yeah, it's on iOS and Android so I play a lot of phone games so I might have to check Honestly, this one out you, you can probably run through like one playthrough of it and about 10-15 minutes okay cool but to get obviously the competitive side starts kicking in because there's leaderboards to see how fast you got around the world oh okay that kind of so, makes sense as far as it needing something to be competitive yeah, so about i guess you can start comparing your score to your friends or the worldwide audience to see how fast you manage to get around the world nice i like it does does the story change at all then yes. through each playthrough yeah because well it'll depend as we're saying it depends solely on your narrative so yeah if you change something then you might end up in a different part of the world which will affect your game so like there was one of the games that i was playing through thought it was a great idea to try and get over to like uh, india at this point because of the way that we were working if you got over to india you could have got a uh, on the the big train that runs right across russia any china forgot the name yet Trans-Siberian Express or something um, got to India thought it was great and then Phyllis Fogg contracted cholera so he died <laughs> oh boy I'm definitely so downloading great. this so I was like oh brilliant right that was a fail let's not go back to India again that's awesome um, if you go through Russia 
you have to obviously make sure that when you've been there, you've bought enough to keep yourself warm through Russia. Um, you can get any like places like the Caribbean, um, and because obviously when it's set, it's set late eighteen hundreds, so you've got a lot of issues in America and things like that. So once you try and get into America through like Mexico, New Orleans type idea, there can be a lot of issues there. So you can get held up in that part. There's obviously weather aspects that play in it. So there's loads of different things that can affect your gameplay. It's just a really, really well written game. Cool, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Sounds nice. I like the idea of this and the leaderboards. It's really, it's a really re- good, really solid game. Um, I think when I picked up, it was only one ninety nine on the store or something. I think it's pretty cheap on Steam as well. So nice. Um, I didn't write this in the show notes, but when you were talking about leaderboards and times and stuff. Um, that Kamiko game that I was talking about last week, I think that arcade game that was definitely good for speedrunners, um, I beat that in one hour and 36 minutes. And the speedrunner, I think, beat it in like 20 or something. So 23, I'm sure 23. you said last <laughs> Yeah. I think you took 28 minutes to do the first level. Yeah, it got a little faster as I started to figure out the game <laughs> a little bit. Good attempt there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh man check it off the list i beat it once with one character and i will say that i talked about playing it with the second or third character but i don't i want it one and done i think we're good all right um anything else anyone wanted to talk about before we get into some game pass roulette no no going once going twice let's get into some game pass roulette All right, so this past Game Pass Roulette was Ori in the Blind Forest. This game was developed by Moon Studios. Um, and after doing a little research into Moon Studios, well, I guess it didn't take that much research, but this is their very first game. And I think that's kind of crazy because this game is wow, really, really good. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to put into the subject of Ori. I have played it. I have put five six hours in it maybe um i hate platformers we are chronic passion you probably did not like this very much then (laughs) i despise it um however the sheer aesthetics of that game and the the audio score that goes along with it oh it's so good is enough to keep even somebody who despises platformers still watching it so i detracted to my partner and let her play it and she could get really frustrated at falling off all the ledges there you go um but i was engrossed watching it just because how beautiful it looks how amazing the sound is not to mention the fact that i just would die a painful death in the first five minutes to trying to get through that storyline um yeah an amazing game but i just can't get any platformers so it was uh a bit of a, a waste on me for that. Oh, that sucks. If you're not into platformers, then then no. Then stay away from this one, because <laughs> there is some of this game that is brutal. And that oh, was... Well, that's it. How, how they managed to make a game with that intro, and people still managed to actually play it and be able to see, that's impressive, because that was possibly the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I was about crying when I saw the first bit, to be honest. Yeah, they so. really... The the most beautiful part about that first, like, ten minutes of the game is it, it, it sets you up for... To want to continue the journey, I think, to figure out um, just how to fix the problems of the forest because all the light's taken away. Um, somebody... This game's really old. I feel like I should be able to spoil it, but it also is maybe not worth spoiling, but it is super sad in the first 10 minutes. If you don't even go through the game, just watch this intro cutscene. It's like some of the best uh, writing and animation since maybe like, it kind of reminded me of Up, if you've seen that movie. Um, yes. How they set up Up in the first like five minutes. It gives you so much... Yeah, I agree with that as well. I had never actually thought of that until now, but that's it's like this whole reverse of a story. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just, and I, it's so good. <laughs> um, and the story continues. It's not. It doesn't just stop with that first sad, sad part. Um, you'll end up meeting new characters. One of the first characters you end up meeting and ends up being a core gameplay mechanic, and I. I'm so bad with names in real life, so obviously I'm not going to remember any of them in games. But um, the little ball of light that you find that does like everything for you as far as like the shooting um, and opening up new sections and stuff. Oh, do you think I could know? I can't remember its name, but yeah. Yeah, so it's like right off the bat, you get a little partner in crime who's just this little glowing orb that follows you around and is just sworn to help and protect you. Um so it's not all sad there. And then you meet a, a fun little spider guy and he's, well, at first you kind of think he's a jerk and then you find out he's a little misunderstood. And then there's an evil owl that's trying to murder everything and everyone. He's kind of a jerk, but um, yeah, the story definitely continues. The The core premise here is that there's these three, there's like three elements that you're trying to get. I think it was, I'm not going to remember. It's like water, earth and wind maybe or something. Wind. Yeah, I, I don't think Earth was the other one though. No, it's, probably not. It's something like that. It it it's the triangle of the water, wind, Earth, and fire. Though. Something daft like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're trying to get to each one of these spots, um, and then so I got to the very first one, and then what happens is when you get it finally, you have this painfully brutal escape sequence where there's something essentially it turns into like an endless runner and like there's something chasing you and if you stop or get hit by anything you restart that section and this is different than the rest of the game because the rest of the game you can literally save anywhere as long as you have uh the proper like currency or like stamina bar saved up for saving which i kind of think is a cool mechanic to rather than just hitting start and then save you kind of have to um it becomes a gameplay mechanic. The saving does, I guess. Yeah, but very random as well, isn't it? It's every time you kill a... Not every time. When you kill an enemy, it, it, there is a possibility that it will drop a blue orb, and that blue orb allows you to then save. Yeah, so you can get some from enemy. And then I know there's also like plants or like crystals on the wall or something that I think also gives you that yeah. save energy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when you when you beat that first tower, you're just you're sprinting for your dear life and there's no way to save. So the amount of times that I died trying to leave this thing, uh that was frustrating. That was the first point in the game where I was about to break something and there's some pretty hard sequences and sections in that game, but usually you can fall back on your save. 
and if I have one tip to give anyone that's playing Ori, save often because there's nothing more frustrating than like thinking you're doing real well, you're 20 minutes from your last save, uh, and then you die and you have to play the last 20 minutes. So if you get the energy, it's usually worth uh, throwing up a save point, especially if you're moving into a new room or just anywhere new that you haven't been because you're going to run into different enemies. There's lots of different enemy types. They all do different things. And if you get ambushed by something you're not familiar with, it's probably going to kill you and you're going to go back to your last save. So hopefully that's not too far away. Did you find with um, when you respawned and you went to fight the next part of that level or the the same bad guy again that your health didn't always regenerate all the way so yeah i don't know what was going on with the health it did kind of feel wonky because there was times where i was pretty certain i had like three things of health and then i would feel like i got hit once and be dead and i'd be like what i should have had a few more accidents a few more oopsies there uh yeah i felt the same way as well yeah that i didn't really understand (laughs) so I think was that so was that just in like every everyday enemies or was that when you were fighting a boss? No, everyday enemies. Yeah, it was, so I, it was yeah. everything. I felt like. Oh, yeah. so, I was gonna say I've seen a couple of mechanics in like games where you're fighting a boss and every time you die it takes a portion of your health off. Yeah. So now, well, so right now I'm wondering like if it's that. like, well, this enemy's attack takes off a bar and a half of health versus that, this one who takes yeah. up a smaller portion. I guess. Hmm. That could be right because every time when I noticed it, I was fighting the, I think it was the crow or the the bird that does the swoop down and then the kind of the dash to get you, so that was taking a, a shed load of my health and I was, I got to a point where I had to put the game down that I couldn't get past this part of the level just because I kept dying at the same silly point, um, and that was just wrecking my health so quick. Yeah, and then so. Also, there's cool abilities, and I feel like I have barely scratched the surface on that. I think the very first one you get is like a wall climb. And with this game being a Metroidvania, which I didn't really talk about what kind of game it was. It's a it's a very platformy game. It's a Metroidvania. You're going to get different powers. It's going to unlock uh, new areas on the map for you to go, um, go and explore. You have a whole skill tree that you can put points into, all that kind of stuff. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Nowhere? Yeah, maybe. It's um, probably no. <laughs> yeah, the way they allow you to do the skill tree and how you want to kind of bump up your perks is quite clever because you've got three skill tre- three skill trees, haven't you? One, I th- uh, I think is like jumping. It gives you like all the physical elements. Another one is your um, your little oh, what is it? The the orb light. The orb of helpfulness. Yeah, so that that makes that one stronger, and then the other one oh, I can't remember what the other one does. I think it gives you uh, more. It gives you um, like map map items and stuff. I think the that middle one it was kind of like yes. will it'll uh, illuminate spots on the map if there's like uh, something you for you to collect. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can as you go through. I think I I was really silly and I went kind of one two three. So I did the first three. But you could, I could have used all those three skill points just on any In one, like any one column, yeah. yeah. And I think the way the game plays and wants you to play, it does want you to go back and revisit an area because there are some secret, yeah, definitely collectibles and uh, 
health points and skill points that will help you grow for the later levels in the game. Um, that part I found frustrating. I just want to head to the end. I will say it's, it's definitely because I find this very comparable to Hollow Knight. Um, one thing yes. that Hollow Knight did, though, is you didn't start with a map or anything. You had to find actual map pieces. Um, but I feel like as you go along in this game, it kind of... Well, no, because you do have to get little map sections, don't you, to put into like the map stones in the game or something yeah, like that? You do, but then that's all part of that you can't progress to the next part of the level, can you? So you get um, to open to the next part of the level, you have to find the keystones. Right. And part of your journey to find the next level of the next key, the next set of keystones, you fall upon your map, the um, the map thing. Right. So, so, so yeah, when you found that... part of the journey. Okay, yeah. So when you find that like first map piece, it really opens up a lot of that initial map, um, a lot of places to explore. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't have anything bad to, anything bad to say about this game. Uh, like Chaotic said, the music is great, and a lot of times when I hear people like ranting and raving about scores in games and stuff, it takes me having to listen to them outside of game to actually. Uh, get a feel for it i think a lot of times i get caught up in what i'm playing and like if i'm frustrated in a super hard boss battle uh, i'm probably not gonna remember what the sound was like i'm probably just gonna remember being really angry (laughs) so um i I did listen to a lot of this on youtube actually and it it's it's and it's like happier moments it's some of like the best whimsical music i think i've heard in games and it just it it flows real well in the first um that opening 10 minutes even the music behind that um is all really good there's in the art style is great the platforming feels good the abilities are good um i don't think it does anything crazy and different compared to a lot of metroidvanias it, it pretty it's pretty standard in that um respect but it does all that stuff it needs to do. It does it really well, and it looks really nice, and it sounds really nice. So what else are you looking for, I guess? No, totally. It is a good game. It is a good game. So, Chocolate, give this one a hit or a miss. I've, it's a hit. It's a hit for me, definitely. Yeah, definitely a hit for me, too. Chaotic, This uh, because of your, your dislike of platforming, probably a miss for you. Um personally miss but as a game definitely hit okay I, I think that's fair and Kate from however much you played what do you think yeah I think it's a hit as well I'm just gonna probably still keep on playing with it just now because I'm not really that far into it but I really like it yeah I, I'm definitely in the same boat where I've I've got some more to play because I, I do want to see this one through just like I want to see every game through and that's Where's all the time? I don't got time for Civ Six. How am I gonna have time for Ori? And just, just, just <laughs> too much. Um, we did have a little bit of feedback from the community. This one's from Rocker Dude. He said, "What is your favorite Metroidvania type game, and why is it Ori in the Blind Forest?" <laughs> well, I guess you answered that one then. Um, the only reason I'm gonna put Hollow Knight over Ori in the Blind Forest right now is because I got all the way through Hollow Knight. So I've got, 
I had time to reflect on the whole experience and everything that was created and every little part of that game where Ori, I'm a few hours in. Uh, and I didn't mention this earlier, but something weird happened where I was trying to play Ori a couple days ago on my Xbox and it kept telling me that I didn't own it, even though it was in Game Pass. Um, and I'd go to the actual store and look at it and it would be like, you own this because it's in Game Pass, but then I would click on it and nothing would happen. I uninstalled it, reinstalled it, and at that point, I didn't click back into it since then. So I definitely have missed out on some time on it because of, I don't, I feel like it's not the first time it's happened and I have no idea if it's actually going to open right now, but that was obnoxious, so. That's a strange, that's happened to me with Game Pass before. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't understand. It's like, I pay for this service and it's here, it's downloaded, and you're like, no, this isn't installed. No, it is because when I click on it, it says uninstall. Like, obviously, it's installed. Uh, um, yeah, chocolate favorite Metroidvania game for the story. It, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's Ori. Um, kind of gameplay mechanics, though. I do prefer. See, I, I was looking at this, and Dead Cells is is classed as a Metroidvania game. So I do prefer the gameplay, or game mechanics, I should say, in Dead Cells. Yeah, but Dead Cells definitely plays better than 95% of all games when it comes to combat in a 2D playing yeah. field. So, um, But yeah, but Ori by far is, it looks better, sounds better, the story is better. But yeah, for gameplay mechanics, or fighting mechanics, Dead Cells for me. Yeah. Um, Chaotic, you guys have any uh, Metroidvanias that stick out to you that you really like? Um, Just, like, Ori's the only one I've really played, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of real good ones out there. I didn't realise it was actually classed as one of the only... I'm just looking up for games that I might have played that fall into the category. Apparently Guacamelee is classed as one. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's. That was a really good game. When I think Metroidvania, I just think of getting abilities or equipment that will you have to go back uh, and it'll unlock new areas. I think that's a, a key thing. And then just like boss battles, I think, maybe, are part of that. So... Uh, Okay, um, and then he also said that we said, so this is a correction, uh, that Ori and the Will of the Wisps comes out later this year. Uh, apparently that's not a thing, but he said he'd heard it on multiple podcasts, but it's actually coming out February 2020. So, if anything, we've got some more time to fig- or finish up Ori in the Blind Forest before we have to play Will of the Wisps. So, thanks for the correction whoop, whoop. and the question, Rocker. Um yeah, anyone that had feedback, I know Ladonian had said that what are he said something about it being a rough opening. Um, yeah, I feel bad for all the people that booted this up and then played the first ten minutes and they're like, "No, what? This is the saddest thing ever. I'm done. I'm out. No thanks." There's more people. Just keep playing. Um, it was brutal. Yeah. All right. Anybody else have any more feedback on Ori before we pick our next game pass for that game? Going once, going twice. Chocolate, what is going to be our Game Pass Roulette game for the next two weeks? Please don't pick any garbage. So, you see, I know you're desperate <laughs> for me to pick a platformer again. No. 
But I'm thinking it's just entered Game Pass, I think this week or last week, and I'm quite desperate to play it. And everyone's going to hate me, but I don't care. So I'm going with Supermarket Shriek. All right. No. Hey, I, All right. Yes. I think that looks like fun. Choco, you yeah. started that sentence that I had just entered Game Pass. I was like, yes, he's going to pick Shadow War. Yes, he's going to pick Shadow War. And then you've done that. <laughs> yeah, I can't do Shadow War. Too much of my life will be consumed and destroyed by playing, trying to play that game. Cool. So a nice, cool, fun-looking supermarket shriek. Can't wait. All right, sweet. So you heard the boss... This, our our current Game Pass roulette game is now Supermarket Shriek. So, um, I think I think they're gonna have an extra week. Is there five Tuesdays in July? Yes, there I will are. F- yes, there is. Yeah. Okay. So you you're gonna have yeah. an extra week for this actually. So, there you go. Get your uh, Supermarket Shriek on. You got plenty of time to play it. Uh, Chaotic, you can still play Shadows of War or Shadows of Mordor or whatever one just got added. So, so no worries. Maybe someone will pick it someday. <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right, that's that. So, next up, let's get into some news. All right, Chocolate, what is in the headlines this week? So, first up, Borderlands 3 with a ping system. Oh boy, chaotic, take it away. So, very similar (laughs) to what they've got in Apex. I think I mentioned to Chocolate when I first read the article saying that it was going to have a very similar type idea. So, enemies, loot, ammo, stuff like that. Um, Pretty much just taking the idea from Apex and put it straight into the game. Um, it's one of a few things that they're introducing for Borderlands just to make it a bit easier for players um, there was another system that they're going to be introducing as well called the Echocast which is um, basically if you are watching a Borderlands 3 stream for example so watching one of the big streamers like Killer6 or um, Jokes or something like that they, um, they will have very set builds for what their playthrough is during the game the overlay that will be used on Twitch will show you exactly what they're running at that exact time. So instead of somebody having to ask, like, what are you running, what's your shield, what's your class mod or things like that, everything will be displayed up on screen. You can highlight it so it shows you like what the damage is, what the fire rate is, what the shield does, what class mod boosts your stats and things like that. Um, and that's, all, that's another feature that um, Gearbox have introduced for the new game coming Is that out. something that's integrated into like Mixer and Twitch, or is that just something in your like settings it's, on the game? It's only on Twitch just oh, now. Okay. Um, so the it's quite annoying because I want to dive in more and watch to see how it works, but at the same time I'm trying to go sort of zero dark to thirty on it to not see any gameplay right. in the game. So I've read as much as I can read about it, but I haven't actually seen it work in principle. Um, from what I've seen though. Um, People who are like the big streamers of the game, so it's very similar to like things like Fortnite and that as well. People who are the big streamers watching their streams with the Echo Cast gives you a chance to unlock what they have in their inventory in your game. What? That seems broken. 
So it obviously doesn't happen every time. It's very much an RNG like in the real game. So if they, I, th- I don't know if it's what's in their inventory or if it's what they find in loot. So say you are watching it at the time they take on a raid boss and they drop a legendary. I think there's a percentage chance that you'll unlock the same legendary. Huh. So sounds like Mixer are doing that type of. You know, come watch our stream and we'll give you... And you get loot. Yeah. Loot box, yeah. So it's kind of similar to that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it'll work in-game, because as I say, I've not actually watched the gameplay to see how it translates. But the idea of seeing what their build is as they run through the game, instead of constantly having to ask, what's this running, why are you running this, X, Y, and Z, it gives you an idea, like, things that synergize with each other. So there's certain things like Borderlands too, so the... One that pops up is the the one of the handguns, and it works well with a a certain relic because it boosts like pistol max damage for a certain manufacturer. So if you pair that with the the relic, you'll get additional fire rate, additional magazine size, additional reload speed. So it will tell you what the best sort of loadout is for what you have or what the player has in his inventory that's that i mean that's all super useful this is uh as far as the getting the loot from the streamers thing so like people who are just going to keep streams up like 24 7 on a background browser are they just going to end up having like some of the best loot in the game from just keeping a page like a different (laughs) browser page open on the side or something the the only the only thing i can think that will prevent it from being overly broken is um the loot would have to drop at the level of the streamer so i think if they've done it like that then yeah great you've got this legendary sitting for you but if he's level 70 and you're level 12 right you need to work your way to it so you'll still have it which is great you've got this legendary without having to farm it but you still need to work your way to get it because if it drops at your level then people just are going to wait for two months of constant watching the stream, get all the best loot, and then fire through the right. game. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. If you uh, so, if you remember on Mixer when Forza Horizon Four came out, you could like watch streams to get yeah like rolls and stuff. <laughs> and there was literally streams that were called like Forza Horizon Four farming, and would have like thousands yeah. upon thousands of people just having this up on a side monitor. I was one of those people. Just I was one of those as well. Right? Just it was accruing just, levels. It was a guy who was in. A guy who's in photo mode, where he's kind of just sitting there at different angles, <laughs> streaming twenty four seven, and you would rack up nothing but fours yeah, points. Yeah, so I just, I just wonder if you're going to see something. And chocolate still like can they get out of the tutorial. <laughs> and it's uninstalled. So not playing that game ever again. Oh. That was in the Game Pass. You'd have had a perfect chance. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick that next time. Make chocolate have to get through the tutorial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, sweet. Uh, yeah, that ping system's great. I think it should be in every game ever because that's the only good thing that came out of Apex. All right, moving on. Chocolate, what's up next? I came out of Apex. <laughs> anyway, next up, <laughs> Nintendo Switch Lite. Risky. Tell yeah. me. All right, so, I mean, this has been rumored for a while now. We've even talked about it. Uh, we talked about cases that had been made for this thing a couple weeks ago and lo and behold this past week it was finally announced by nintendo um i was hoping for the nintendo switch mini but mini or switch Lite, i guess sure whatever um 
But so this is just a super basic version of a Nintendo Switch. Uh, it comes in three different colors. You've got turquoise, yellow, and gray. And then there's also a special Pokemon edition uh, that'll be coming out. The Joy-Cons in this new one are not detachable. So you can't take those off. You cannot hook them up to a dock to play on your TV. Uh, what this does is it takes away your ability to play couch co-op or couch multiplayer games. Um, it, this is something that is going to be marketed towards people who are only going to be playing their Switch um, in handheld mode. And I think that's fine. There's a couple more things that are not there, though. There's not going to be a kickstand. Uh, there's no rumble, which is weird. And then there's also not going to be motion controls either. So they stripped a lot of this stuff out. Uh, so there's going to be certain games you're not going to be able to play. Games like, well, <laughs> one, two switch, because who's playing one, two switch still? Probably not anyone. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's not, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. Um, it's also not going to work with most labo kits, which I don't think anyone is using those anyways. <laughs> uh, but on the the plus side here, it's going to have a little bit better battery life. They're saying twenty to thirty percent, um, and it's only going to be two hundred dollars. So I think the price point here is the only standout thing. The only reason I could see people picking this over the normal Switch, in my opinion, spend the extra hundred bucks. By the time you buy some extras for the Switch Lite, like, hey, I might want to play with friends on my Switch, so I'm going to need a 70 or 80, however much Joy-Cons are. I think Joy-Cons are like 80 bucks for a pair. So by the time you buy a second set of Joy-Cons so you can actually play with a friend, you're already looking at $280. That's 30 away from just buying the normal Switch and each person gets one Joy-Con. It's... Yeah, I don't know. If you're only going to play it by yourself and you just need a handheld system to play some of like the library on the Switch right now is phenomenal. It is humongous and I think everyone should get a Switch if you're waiting for an easy and cheaper way to do it. Nintendo Switch Lite is definitely for you. Uh for people that already have it or people that have maybe someone that you want to share in these experiences with, uh this might not be for everybody. Um you three all have Switches if I'm Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, converted. I'm at the. I must admit, uh, risk. I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum than you. I I think that the Switch Lite is an amazing idea. Okay. I I can tell you. I think I've maybe had my Switch docked once to let let the Wii Man play Fortnite and see how that looked. Apart from that, it's been undocked. Um. I, I don't have any interest in playing Switch multiplayer, as in sitting on a couch playing Switch. If I'm going to do something like that, I'll do it on the Xbox, or I'll do it on the PlayStation, or I'll find something that to play on that. I'd much rather sit down to a game of Crash Team Racing than one to Switch. <laughs> Fair. Um, rumble and motion controls. Uh, it's the motion control and the PlayStation 4 controller. It's a nice wee touch. It's good for games like Until Dawn. Would I miss it if it wasn't there? Not really. How are you um, going to aim your bow and arrow in Breath of the Wild if you don't have motion controls? The same way that you would do it in any <laughs> other game that had a bow and arrow. A conventional way, I don't know, thrown out there. Fair. Um, apparently as well, because of the fact that it's got a slightly smaller screen, the resolution is better on this Switch Lite as well. Huh, okay, I didn't read that. So that kind of bo- makes sense, I guess. Yeah, 
they're both 720, but it's slightly crisper on the smaller screen. Okay, yeah. So, if you... Again, I, I only ever play it handheld, so I, any improvement over the visuals is a positive step for me. True. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I don't think it's a bad product. I think this is a perfect product for certain people, um, and the price point's great. Like you, I generally am playing single-player stuff on my Switch by myself in handheld mode. That's how I play 90% of the time. But I have had those weird things that you only see in Nintendo commercials where it's like, oh my god, there's people over here. Let's pull out the Switch and play Mario Party at this weird, unconventional time. And like, I've had that a couple times where I've had people over to play games like Mario Party. Uh, I've played tennis with my dad in his living room using the joy cons and stuff so i have had some of those experiences but if you were a person that was kind of like 300 dollars a lot for just another handheld well here's 200 dollars and it's a handheld and like you said you're not missing out on much it's just a cheaper price so see i quite like having it docked i quite like seeing it on the bigger screen as well i think it makes it a difference if like you do get bored of looking at the smaller screen, so... Yeah, um, I, yep, I agree. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't need the big screen for my, my football manager. I was going to say, you're not playing Breath of the Wild on your Switch, you're just playing football nope. manager, so... I've got, it, I've got it in the house, I've got it in the car, I've got it at You don't work. have it out in the sunshine. That's one thing you don't have. That's what you think, that's <laughs> why we have parasols. True, true, true. Um... Yeah, it's cool. Uh, definitely for some people. That releases September 20th, though, for $200. So if you've been waiting, there you go. Um, and, well, here, sticking with Nintendo, I'll just go right into our next story. Um, they're adding a rewind feature for those Nintendo Online games that you get. They're all, like, the classic NES games, like Double Dragon, uh, Mario Brothers 1 through 3, I think, are all there right now. So now if you hold LZ or ZL and ZR... I think that's what they're called. The triggers, essentially. Um, you'll actually be able to rewind in some of those older, like, brutal games that you only had three lives. Like, on, on Father's Day, I played some Double Dragon 2 with my dad. And it, we, I think you, you have four lives in that game. He got rid of all of his at, like, level two. And I think I maybe got to level four. But then it was like, well, now what? we have to start over <laughs> yep that's what you used to have to do in games uh this rewind feature i think is pretty awesome it's gonna give people the ability to maybe complete some of those older games that in my opinion are near impossible to beat the traditional way so i think this is a cool new feature what do you guys think finally be yeah. able to complete um, super mario <laughs> yes no more jumping down a hole <laughs> oh, I missed that jump. Oh. Yeah, I think it's good. It, it's a bit gimmicky, but yeah, it's it's a nice little added extra. So good for them. Completely agree. Not to get sidetracked too much, but just on the subject of the switch, I know you're an aficionado for the switch risky. What do you think the pro that they're bringing out is going to? Where do you see them going with the pro? Uh, 1080p and a bigger screen. I think that's, if I could ask for one thing, I think that would be it. I Most 
men at least that I talk to, the the switch is a very those Joy Cons are very small, <laughs> very yeah, little. I've noticed that. As if well. I didn't have my grips on the side, I think. Well, yeah, because when I go back to it now, like when it's not in my grip case, it's kind of like, oh god, this is so uncomfortable and small and weird. Give me a man size switch that I can just feel feel comfortable having in my hands and obviously a bigger screen i don't think you can go wrong there i'm not talking big to the size of like an ipad pro or something where it's just gigantic <laughs> uh how big do you think they could go still having in the handheld type that's of the thing how much far maybe like i'm just gonna keep comparing stuff to like ipads but i the ipad mini i think is a a perfect yeah. size it's yeah that would it's look. maybe an inch maybe two inches bigger and uh yeah i think you're just getting that and you're getting a little more um a little more horsepower under the hood if you will um yeah. with because i've been playing dragon quest builders like i mentioned and it is beating my switch up this it's like the hottest my switch has got my fans are on all the time so and i'm just afraid that's going to keep happening the further and further we get into the switch's life cycle uh, they're going to keep coming out with these games that are going to be more intensive and the switch is going to like you have the witcher three coming out granted it's only playing in 500 P or whatever, but that's still going to melt. Your right. I, like I'm worried about how loud the fan is now when I'm playing dragon quest builders too. What's it going to do when I'm <laughs> playing witcher yeah, three. So I think they definitely are going to need to upgrade the, games, the hardware. All the games they could have ported across. Why the wait with witcher three? Because now I'll finally um, beat it. Well, you no, know. probably not. <laughs> probably no. get the same twenty hours into it I have the last four times <laughs> I've restarted it. So, I just they could have went so many different options. Witchers just that perplexed. Yeah, are you gonna pick it up? Oh, probably. <laughs> there it is. That's why they did. It's only it. my, th- it's only my thirteenth playthrough that it'll be. You're a hey-ho. crazy man. <laughs> 470 plus hours in that Good game. lord. <laughs> Although I double checked, it's overtaken by Borderlands now. Well, at least you have two games that you really, Which really I don't like. Which worst. Not surprised. <laughs> no, no not, not surprised at all. Those are the two <laughs> games that are just synonymous with your name at this point. Borderlands yeah. and The Witcher. And Football Manager. Yeah, I just kind of lump everyone from the UK in with that, so sorry if you don't play it. But if you have got a funny accent, yeah. you love Football Manager. Kate, you included. To make uh, matters no. worse, <laughs> I was double checking when I was over the, when I set up Steam on the new rig. I was double checking my games. On f- I think it was seventeen or eighteen. I had more than fourteen hundred hours in that game. Yeah, moving swiftly on. That's as an I issue. throw up in my mouth. Chocolate. <laughs> what's next? We've got the Man of Medan multiplayer. All right. Um, so this is. I mean, Chaotic was just talking about it. This is the game that's coming out by Supermassive Games. Um, they're the people that did Until Dawn. Uh, they dropped a trailer announcing two multiplayer modes, which I thought was super interesting. But after I read about them, kind of made a lot of sense. Um, so the first one is shared story mode. So what this is going to do, this is just uh, online co-op for two people. You're each going to take, uh, I believe you're each going to have a couple of the different characters. It's going to switch from chapter to chapter Um and you're going to take control of these characters and you're going to go off and do what they're doing. Uh, and someone else might be with you. They might not be with you. 
but choices that you make are going to affect the other person's playthrough, obviously. Um, so that'll be kind of cool, I guess. But the one thing this does do is it cuts out a lot of the story. You're missing out because if you play it traditionally, you're going to see every little part of the story. When somebody branches off and goes somewhere, um, your story is going to stop with the one person and cut over to the next person. So you're, you're not going to miss anything. If you're playing it in this mode online with somebody, you're going to be missing out on stuff. And they actually came out and said that this will cut the playing time from around five hours down to three and a half or something close to that. So you're missing out on a solid hour and a half of content that you're going to be missing not playing this. So I'm not super, super stoked on the shared story mode. Um, the second multiplayer mode, though, is called movie night mode. And I think this this is... Yes, awesome. this is exactly what I wanted. I played through, well, no, I should say I played through Until Dawn once. Then I sat and watched Meg play through it once, and then my buddy Waterloo, I made him play it. And I sat through all three of these playthroughs and loved every minute of it. And that's the thing is that Supermassive heard these cries from everyone. Like streamers were doing the same thing, like playing along with their fans. So what they're doing is dropping this movie night mode. What's happening here is each person is getting assigned a different character in the story up to five people. So each person will have a character. You're going to make the decisions. You're going to do the quick time events. Uh, you're going to do all that stuff for the one person. And you'll each, it's going to be a, where you pass the controller back and forth. So uh, it looks like a lot of fun. And then at the end of each little chapter, they're going to give out little gimmicky awards like fastest quick time event, slowest at making decisions, um, all that kind of stuff. And with the movie night mode, you're still getting the full, like you're going to see the entire game because you're, you're never really cutting away from uh, the main story. So I think movie night mode is, is a super good idea. And I think you agree with that, Chaotic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm probably going to play it through in the shared story mode first. Um, yeah. Again, one of, one of my best mates that I game show, he's a big fan of this idea as well. What I first, when I, before I'd actually read into what they were going to do about it, as soon as I heard shared story mode, I automatically thought they were going to do the same as a way out. Oh, that would have been... That would have been perfect. fantastic. So you, so like you could be, I'm thinking back to like, Places until dawn where they're in like the log cabin and then one of the other couples is getting chased by the Wendigo. You could be sitting there in front of a fire relaxing while your best friends get chased down a mountain range by the Wendigo, for example. The, having both of them on screen at one time would have been a really nice element. But then when I started reading into it where it was going to be you only get to see what your characters right. do and then you miss out on that. I was kind of disappointed in that. But I still like the aspect of... You're going to have, if you're especially if you're doing this as like an online cooperative idea, well, that's what it is. So, you're going to have this bit where you're you're probably sitting there nice and relaxed, whereas your co-op friend could be like, losing <laughs> his mind, like <laughs> losing his marbles, and like you're constantly like, what's happening? What's 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 going on? Why 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 are you so nervous? <laughs> and then it's going to obviously flip round at some stage. So it's going to still be a really entertaining idea, but the movie night mode is going to be. Just amazing. That's going to be so great. With a group of friends, each one are going to be playing the. Because at the end of the day, that sort of game, you play through the decisions which you think are the right idea. If somebody's got a different moral compass to you. The way that that game's going to play out could be just. There's so many connotations to how that game's going to end. That was one thing that someone. I'd watched some gameplay of it, and one person was like, Well, this is how you completely screw your friends. And and then <laughs> they would just do something that's going to mess up the story for, for other people. 
And that's the thing about these, like, at least until until dawn. Uh, if you did certain things, you would get characters killed, and there's no coming back from a lot of those deaths. So, because yeah. like, it's especially like the bit in Until Dawn when you obviously there's it's been out for a while, so yeah. you spoil it. There's the guy who's obviously playing playing everybody off against each other for the fool, known fool what it is. The bit where they're both chained up and the the circular yes. saws moving towards them. Can you imagine if your best mate was the I think was it Megan the girl's I, name yeah, was, so. and that's who she was playing through, and you were in control of the switch. You just went, nah, nah <laughs> your playthrough is done. <laughs> uh, but I will say that also kind of brings up a good point. Where uh, what happens if you get killed off in the game midway? You're just kind of you drew the yeah, short straw this there. round. So exactly. But that's the thing is, like I said earlier, I watched this game played through twice when I wasn't playing it at all. So it, the yeah, stories are usually great. You write the story. Yeah, I was going to say, they write the story so well that you don't mind just sitting watching because you pick up on things that in your playthrough you'd have totally exactly. missed. Yeah, I think this game looks awesome. Kate, Chocolate, you guys have any interest in this or heard anything about it? Um, I've not really heard much about it, but it sounds like another game that I would have to play for Chester. Because he'd be scared <laughs> the whole time? It doesn't, it doesn't do well with jump scare games. So I think he's going to yeah. love this. You should definitely buy it and just make him have to watch it. Clockwork Orange style. It'll be, yeah, it'll be him and True Scott as well, probably. Like, Crying in the corner Saturday. while you play it. <laughs> yeah, that our Saturday night drinking game. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Well, that that has to be streamed. If that's not streamed, I think. <laughs> that's so disappointing if that doesn't yeah. get streamed. Oh, man. 100%. We're going to hold you to that one. Sorry. If, we, if you need us to buy the game, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the thing. That's not going to be a six like a, a thirty full price bucks, game either. Price, that, it's great. Yeah, you got to. Like, and that's the yeah. thing. A lot of studios and a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of games that maybe are four to six hours. That even if I paid sixty bucks, it still feels worth that money. But Supermassive seems aware enough that they're like, "Hey, our game's only five hours, but we're only going to charge you half of what a normal game would cost." And if you game share, that's fifteen well, bucks. Didn't Chester just win the? The he just won enough money to buy this. Basically bought. Yes. There's no real excuses here. Sorry. I just need a billion then. Good. Um. All right. I think that was uh. That's it for that. That's. I'm definitely pumped for that. And that game comes out August 30th, so that's right around the corner. So definitely excited for that. All right, chocolate. What's next? We've got Modern Warfare's new mode. Oh, boy, do we. So, like I said, uh, I mentioned this earlier. I, I watched this, and it got me in the mood to play some. It actually got me in the mood to play some Siege and some Modern Warfare. So, thanks to this. Uh, they showcased a new 2v2 mode called Gunfight. Uh, the maps are super small. There's no revives, and loadouts are randomized each round. So, there's multiple rounds where they would have, like, pistols and rocket launchers and just like i said it's completely randomized and then once you get knocked you're you're just dead so once you get killed you're killed uh and then i think they played to 10 so these rounds lasted like 15 20 seconds uh but because the maps are so small um it, it the whole thing got done with really quick the people that, i think it was drifter was the one that actually was taking part in it and it's actually pretty funny definitely worth a watch to uh check out this new game mode um the important news here, though, is that their full multiplayer reveal is actually going to be August 1st. 
Um, and the game comes out October 25th. So we got some Call of Duty coming up. If you like Call of Duty, uh, exciting stuff on the way. The uh, This is also really the first actual gameplay that we saw. And it all looked really smooth. One awesome thing that they're doing is they are doing peaking around corners now, like a la Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, so that's awesome. That's good. That's nice. Uh, they're also doing, I'm going to forget what it's called, but if you are on a wall or a doorway or a windowsill or a corner, your stability will go up like you're resting your gun on something. So if you're not moving, oh, nice. your stability will go up with any gun now, which awesome. And now you have to make choices whether do I go around running and gunning or do I kind of hold down this corridor, get my added stability bonus, and just mow people down as they come down this corridor at me. So, Or the chocolate, just stand there and get shot. Yeah, and try to throw grenades and not be able to. That kind yeah. Of thing. Definitely. Guys, it's a known technique. Please. Ye old meat shield. I love how you came I love how you managed to come off unmuted there just to try and defend yourself when it was just me and then everybody jumped on and just went Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Head down. Hmm. Oh. To be fair, like when I play games like that I do kinda just run in. So I would probably be dead in like two seconds, so yeah, this definitely seems like a, a pretty tactical mode. I think that's kind of how this new game, maybe, um, it seems like it's going to be a little more slower and tactical than traditional Call of Duty. Not positive. I guess we'll find out more on August 1st when we do get that full multiplayer reveal, though. So definitely tune in for that and tune into the podcast because I'm sure I'll be dissecting that when it comes out. So, All right. What's next? We have Lord of the Rings MMORPG. Oh my god. Blech. So yeah, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Closing up. <laughs> and I could just hear Mere Designs and Ladonian just going nuts in Discord when they I think Mere Designs was the one that actually brought this up and I was like, Oh, alright, you guys like Lord of the Rings? They're real nerds. Um Sorry. <laughs> um so this is a free to play game in development by Amazon Game Studios and Leyu. I think that's how you pronounce that, but they own the Warframe developer, Digital Extremes. Uh, I've talked about Digital Extremes before. They're uh, just a real good company that knows how to do games and service games very well. Look at Warframe for any reference for that. Um, so they're going to be working on this. Uh, this game was actually announced last year that it was in development by Leu and, or Leu owned Athlon is the name of the team. Um, and an unnamed development team, but we now know that the unnamed development team was actually Amazon Game Studios. Uh, they are currently also making a, a different MMO called New World. So there's some a pedi- pedigree and experience there uh, from both development teams. And the only thing we really know about this game right now is that it's set a long time before Lord of the Rings. So we'll be seeing new lands, new characters, uh, all new stuff there. But Definitely exciting news for Lord of the Rings fans. Or any of you Lord of the Rings fans. Love the movies. Love the books. This game's five, seven, ten years too late. Yeah, I think. It's kind of how I felt. I feel like the die-hard Lord of the Rings fans probably heard this and they're like, Oh my god! And I was just kind of like, free-to-play MMO. Uh, Probably pass. This game is going to tie in with the release of the new Lord of the Rings series that Amazon are producing. 
was just going to say that, yeah. That's what that's... they're going to do with us. This is how, that's how they're going to get their big kick off it, by saying, you've watched the series, now come jump in. So the funny game. enough, they yeah. actually did mention that they were not going to have anything to do with each other. <laughs> no, they won't have anything to do with each other. They're just going to use the, the positivity oh, okay. from the series yeah, yeah, yeah. to sidetrack nostalgia. Yeah, oh, you everything. really like that Lord of the Rings TV show? Well, how about a game that also is in the same universe? And we'll leave it there. Exactly. It is funny, though, because the TV show, I think, and this game both take place way before the actual events of Lord of the Rings. So, Exactly. In the history of Lord of the Rings, there's only so many massive events that they can pull sort of inspiration from. Right, like there's got to be some so, kind of cross over here like with the yeah. different areas or people unless they're kind of just i don't know because obviously like with i think with the tv show is this is the first one going to be to do with the the big scary body i can't remember his name sauron um no his boss um morgoth or something something like that i think that's what the tv show is going to be aimed more at um, which was, I think, based on the... I forgot what the name is. Sil- Silmarillion. That was the book that it was based off. Um, so what other big event are going to have a massive online world based on? It's, there's not really many things that they can... Well, that's kind of the to. question. Like, obviously, Tolkien's been dead forever, so... It's yeah. like who is deciding what, like who holds that IP, I guess. Like who yeah. has the rights to what can be. And that's the other, is this like canon or is this just, we're just using the license. This has nothing to do with anything in this universe. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I think they need to talk about but it a little that, bit. That said, there might not have any design storyline for it. It might just be that none of the characters that are in the Lord of the Rings are going to be in it, but there's just going to be, like, historical figures through the course of the Lord of the Rings storyline that's going to pop up in the game from way back when, but there's not a set story that was already been written about. Okay, yeah. I. So that's one other way they could work it. Right. Um, yeah, either way, I still think this is a, a little ways off, but... Um... When we get more information, we'll definitely let everybody know. Could be could be good, though. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. What's last in the news, Chocolate? The last thing is Cuphead and a TV this show. This is some exciting stuff because, man, is Cuphead good and is perfectly suited for some type of kids' show because that's what it's going to be. This is Netflix and Studio MDR, the creators of Cuphead, creating The Cuphead Show. It's going to be exclusive to Netflix. Uh, the show is in very early stages, but it's going to follow Cuphead and Mugman Mug <laughs> through, uh, through their adventures. It sounds like it's definitely going to be geared towards kids, but kind of have some humor for adults. Just kind of think any typical Disney movie at this point. Um, but the style of Cuphead is what I'm most excited about that's going to be here. Uh, they're not doing... It's not going to be completely hand-drawn like the game or anything like that. Uh, well, completely hand-drawn on paper and then brought into a computer like they did with Cuphead, which still blows my mind. Um, 
but I think this is perfectly suited for uh, for a TV show here. I think they're two good characters. The music's good. Just that whole aesthetic is just this should work out. Um, Lends itself to a Saturday morning cartoon. A hundred percent. It's very, very old Tom and Jerry style drawing and and the colorings. Yeah. Oh, definitely looking forward to it. should be it. good. Um, Chaotic, do you guys play any Cuphead? Chaotic, you probably didn't, did you? No. Okay. No. <laughs> that, I've never played that either. No, that okay. would have been the type of game that resulted in some peripheral ending up in some sort of screen. A hundred percent. So that was, that was a no from me. I think that was one of the one of the most recent games where I stopped playing because I got so mad <laughs> that it was hard. Usually I'll give stuff another chance, but I think I was I was past that point. But Cuphead was an amazing game, uh, and I think this TV show could be really good. Um, all right, I think that's it. Uh, we I have games coming out this week. I looked through the list. If anybody can tell me what any of the games were that were coming out this week, uh, good on you. I'm glad you're excited about your game. But I'd never heard of any of them except for Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three that is coming out this friday july 19th um and that's a switch switch exclusive yes. i can't wait um i know chocolate you picked it up i know moose picked it up i think blade picked it up i think a bunch of people in the community have picked this up um kate chaotic either of you pick this up or plan on picking it up i will be picking it up i love the. i will probably as well i i love the first two i thought like the co-op aspect of the first two games was fantastic first one was better story than the second one second one looked nicer um, so really excited for that to, I think it's an ideal game for the Switch as well, very much like a Diablo type game so looking forward to that yeah, I can't wait uh, but yeah, like I said, that's the only real thing I uh, uh, saw coming out for new games this week um, yeah, unless anybody has any news we may have missed, that's gonna do it there was a post from Xbox Game Pass um, about a game coming out tomorrow, but all they've done is their normal cryptic Their little tease, and of course it's coming out tomorrow when the podcast oh. goes live. So, <laughs> As always. So that all they've done is a box, and they've got on the side of it, it says, Melissa McGame Pass. And there is some writer. They've got like a shipping label on the other side of the box. I'm not going to try it and read mean? it. Because it's... To, exactly, and I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to decipher it. Work that out. So, exactly. Tomorrow, there's a new game coming in Game Pass. Sweet. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Game Pass, the best value in gaming. Definitely. Oh. All right, let's plug this thing up. Rate us on iTunes. Sorry, I just had to scroll down. <laughs> you think I would know what uh what plugs <laughs> we run at the end of each show by now? Um, head on over to iTunes, rate us. Um, subscribe to the podcast, do all that fun stuff. You can also go to crossatlanticgaming.com. That's where we have links to everything, including Discord. Discord is the one place that we all hang out every single day, talking games, talking sports, talking literally whatever. We have a self-promotion channel. If you're doing something cool, let the people know. Um, but yeah, we're all there, and you should be there too. If you'd like to support the show with your hard-earned money, you can head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Get yourself entered into our monthly Patreon drawings. Um, 
We also just recently had another post go up. This one was from Moose. He's uh, which I didn't talk about earlier. My bad, Moose. Moose isn't on the show. Hopefully, you've noticed that by now. If you haven't, well, I don't really know. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. um, but he did a, I think it was a top five list of switch accessories that you do not want to leave at home while traveling. Uh, it's it's a nice little article. And we're going to try to post those once a week at least, but that is live now over at patreon.com slash CAG podcast. Uh, and that's free to everyone. If you're not a patron, doesn't matter. Go over, check it out, leave a like on it, all that fun stuff. Um, and then, of course, I need to shout out our top tier contributor, the man that's just the best man, Chaotic. Thank you, buddy, for all your support. As always, you're more than welcome, guys. At this point, I think you're just paying your way Thank to be you. on the show. It's working though, so if you wanna yeah. if you wanna be on the show, uh, hit up Chaotic. He'll let you know exactly how to do that. <laughs> he will tell you the exact yes. amount it will cost. <laughs> um, and then, if you need to reach out to us via email for any reason, cagpodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to find me, I'm at Risky the Kid everywhere. Chocolate, how about you? I'm Chocolate Bear everywhere. Come join me on Apex. Or don't, it's up to you. Chaotic. Chaotic UI everywhere. And Kate the Great. Uh, super Kate tricks everywhere. All right, well, hey, Kate. Chaotic. Thank you guys for being on the show. I understood literally every word you said. I think maybe if you heard me say, uh-huh, and it was a question, I might not have understood what you were saying. But I think I, think I got you. Thanks for being on the show. This has came leaps and bounds from the first week that I was on, to be fair. 100%. <laughs> well, look, I'm using my phone voice right now, so... This, is that what you have to do? Just make it clear and enunciate everything so everyone can understand you? Yeah, I do that a lot at work, so yeah. Good. You, go, you guys have both figured it out. You've both gotten I'm to sp- a point where we know exactly what you're saying. I'm speaking at about a third of my normal speed. it's it's really funny that you say that because there was a long time ago when we played a game of PUBG where this is when I think it might have been one of the first times we ever played a game together and I had literally no idea what you were saying the entire time (laughs) exactly I've realized that when I'm speaking with the American side it needs to be a lot lot slower than my normal 120 mile an hour that I speak yeah it's probably our fault not yours don't take it personal (laughs) Alrighty, so thanks for being on the show, guys. And also, thank you to everybody for tuning into this week's episode of Cross Atlantic Gaming. We'll catch you guys next week for an all new episode. Goodbye. Peace. See you, folks. See you later. the best part of the show where chocolate gives us all of his terrible dad jokes
Oh, that's a bit harsh. I will go guests first. Do, do you guys have one lined up? Yeah. Go for uh, it. So why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Oh my god, you've literally just taken my joke. <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? It was too tired. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's good. <sighs> I'd also be upset if I was you. Chaotic. Did you I have a backup? Ba- yes, I did, luckily. It's way worse, though. It was. It's nowhere near as good. <laughs> Why don't eggs tell jokes? I don't know. They'd crack each other up. <laughs> hey, oh. that's not bad. I think that's that's a sweet spot right in the middle. Uh, I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. It was pointless. Oh, come on. Yeah. Just to ruin the dad jokes. Not you. I can find another one. Chocolate, you got anything? Oh, my girlfriend said to me last night, you treat our relationship like some sort of game, which unfortunately cost her 12 points and a bonus chance. <laughs> Jesus, that was bad. That was I terrible. That, that was awful. <laughs> I didn't oh, wow. laugh. Sorry. What do you get uh, from a pampered cow? Nope. Spoiled milk. Oh my god, okay, I'm done. Uh, Help me out. I'm out of here. How much money does a skunk have? Not as much as chocolate. <laughs> One cent. 